episode of BJS's On Retail podcast. I'm your host today, Georgie Wickman, joined in the studio by Jake Knowles. Hi, Georgie. Yes, and today we're very happy to be interviewing Rob Smith, who's the CEO and founder of The Fluid Project. And we're very happy to be talking to them today because we viewed the Fluid Project store whilst we were out in New York and we were absolutely amazed by the concept and the, both the in-store design but also that wider community feel that, that really made us feel like we were part of something a lot wider. So we kindly asked Rob to, to join us today to give a little bit of background as to his career, how he's got to this point and, and really importantly where he sees the Fluid Project going from here uh, both in the US and internationally as well. So welcome Rob. Yeah, thank you. It's an honour to be on your podcast with you. Amazing. So, Rob, of course, we've done our background research on you before having you on, um, including mm. learning about a fun trip to uh, the Burning Man. Um, so wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that and kind of the creation, what made you want to start the Fluid Project? Yeah, I think, um, you know, my whole life leading up to this point has been a culmination of experiences and things that have led me to Fluid, you know, First of all, 30 years of retail doing all types of things, working for companies and learning how to wholesale, manufacture, distribute um, with really big, cool brands like uh, Levi's and Nike and Macy's. Um, And then you mentioned Burning Man, which was kind of a pivotal moment (laughs) in my life. And my first Burning Man, it was such a beautiful experience of people taking care of each other. It was about community. It was about almost like a tribalism mm. of, and, and one of the things that really resonated with me, not just how caring it was and, and authentic everyone was and how authentic I felt myself, but also watching, you know, traditionally like cisgendered straight guys show up in cargo shorts and a t-shirt and day three, they're wearing tights and a tutu and putting on <laughs> glitter nail polish, you know, yeah. and it just showed me that, you know, we have this, ability to, to, in a social construct, be who we really want to be and express ourselves. And in a safe space, it allows yourself to do that. Yeah. And uh, that was one of the things that, without, without knowing what the Fluid Project would be, just really settled in with me. I thought, wow, when you give your people a, like a safe space to be who they really are and express themselves, magic happens. Yeah. So, yep. like, n- I think that's the amazing thing about Burning Man and the Fluid Project is no matter who you are, um, there's a sense of community and belonging and kind of that that safe space that you talk about. Yep, for sure. Definitely. Sorry, go on, Rob. Go ahead. I was going to say that was one of the things that people say not to do after your first Burning Man (laughs) is quit your job. Yeah. And (laughs) because you come back and you go, oh, my God, what am I doing with my life? Like, there's so much more. So I quit my job and um, I gave five months notice. And that was when I threw in a backpack and started traveling around the world yeah. and learning about myself and my place in the world through, you know, ancient religions and cultures and traditions. And um, that's where the Fluid Project was born, was this, was this awakening where I just, I, this is what I had to do with my life. This was, I guess, in part my legacy of, of all things building up to this point of what, what I'm supposed to do with my knowledge and my talent and my, um, my heart, my soul. Yeah. Creating that one society, no matter who you are or where you are in the world is amazing. Correct. Yeah. And I'll just stop Georgie Googling burning man tickets just now. Um, <laughs> Quit my job. <laughs> exactly. <so. laughs> Bye guys. 
Um, so, <laughs> yeah, you you mentioned that safe space, Rob, and, and obviously um, we rev- we kind of viewed that safe space in our report, and, and obviously you saw that, and I know you've been been speaking to David. Um, what were kind of your thoughts when you obviously saw our report? And I know uh, maybe digital, we didn't give you the highest score in the world, which I know uh, you did notice. Uh, what was it, what was your thoughts when you when you saw Fluid Projects in the report? Oh, I thought you, I thought you were spot on. I thought. Um... You know, from a physical space, you know, I, I, I say, you know, you actually were more generous with the digital piece than I, I am with myself. <laughs> I, I, I think that, you know, we're a two out of ten. I guess you give us like a two out of five or something. So, um, we have a lot of room to grow. That's part of, you know, investing, investing my own money uh, up to this point in the first year, which was strategic, which was, you know, I wanted to protect this community, um, do it well build it from the ground up without any marketing spend and just really create a a brand built on authenticity. So it was just done with my own money and I'm looking to raise money right now. And with that money is really going to do what you called out, which is take this incredible store and incredible experience and replicate that online so people can experience it around the world. So that's, that's what I'm focused on right now. Definitely, yeah, and, and and that is, uh, yeah, that's really essential and and also very exciting as well. I guess having those foundations in place and you know really being able to expand that reach and and take that community to the next level now. So um, I know you've kind of mentioned briefly, and and it's a big trend in retail at the moment about how you engage that you know Gen Z and millennials, and and that that seems to be quite a quite a core kind of customer segment of the Fluid Project. So how do you see that kind of digital engagement with with Gen Z panning out, and kind of what's your strategy for for engaging those customers? Yeah, so it's, um, first of all, like building a brand built on authenticity. And I think young consumers can sniff out what's a marketing plan versus what's a, a truly authentic brand that, that uh, speaks to their values system. So that's, um, that's where the work has been done so far is laying that, that groundwork, um, who we do business, how we do business, all of those things are being fully transparent. So, you know, so much of what we do at Fluid is not just you know, the world's first gender-free store, but we also um, are community space. So we're, you know, we host four or five events a week within this space. So when I have money, when I'm doing a good job, is I can take this content that we're creating and share with people around the world in, in a really, um, really professional way. But also curating more designers online, create, curating more content. So, you know, my dream is that when, just like when you walk into Fluid, you don't feel obligated to spend money. You just want to be a part of this really beautiful space that is free of judgment and do the same thing online. So when you show up on fluidproject.com, you're not, we're not throwing product in your face. Yeah. Instead, we're having conversations with you, sharing conversations that we have within the space and sharing stories of, of humans and individuals you can connect with. So that's my dream is to create that, you know, that space digitally. I think also location-wise, you're like in Broadway, New York, having the university close by, you also have like huge fashion schools there. You can really kind of, I don't know, build that culture, build that uh, community for students who are still trying to figure out who they are, um, but also designers who want to break it into the world. Yeah, that's uh, one of my, or I just met with, you know, Parsons uh, yeah. recently and also talked to, at FIT many times and pulling students in and, and a lot of students are looking to get into a, a gender-free, non-binary you know, design space for their, uh, for their art, for their craft. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to help them 
as I've done in the past with other designers, help them learn all the nuances of putting a line together and then giving them a, a budget and letting them create their line and then showcase it for them. So one of my dreams is to, to continue that in New York City, but also yeah. start to do that around the world as the fluid expands. How do you think the fluid project and some of these cool up-and-coming designers can really help influence the established fashion industry? I think we do have some of the older brands, and John Galliano is doing great things with Mason Margiela at the moment, but like, what else could be done better to help kind of change the way, the mindset um, in the fashion industry? You know, it's going to take, for the, for the larger brands, the boxes, the big boxes, they're going to have to rethink how the floor is set up, the website set up, where it's very, very binary, very male-female, yeah. and, and thinking differently. But that's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take more emerging or, or really um, real mavericks in the industry to, to carve out this space for the space in between, you know, traditionally male and female. And mm -hmm. I think there probably in the next two or three or four years, we'll start to see more innovators work in this space, um, seeing that it's not a trend. It's definitely not a trend. It's a movement, yeah. and the movement is happening. And it's, um, but it's going to take some some leaders to to lean into the space because um, the designers are continue to evolve, and new brands will continue to emerge. And they're just going to have a harder and harder time of finding a place to showcase their product other than their own store, or their own website. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, and and, and we've just walked down. Ultimately, Sorry, ultimately, the customer is going to win, though. The customer is going to continue to vote and winners will lean into what their customers are asking for yeah absolutely yeah and and, and we've just walked down oxford street just now to uh, to these recording studios and you, and you see the top mans and the the h&ms and the zaras do you do you see them as competitors to the fluid project or, or do you welcome kind of those retailers moving into the into the gender-free space uh, along with the fluid project how, how do you see that oh i welcome everyone everyone to do it i i think the more the more people that do it the better because people win across the world. Um, you know, the most important thing is that people have a, a safe, free space to, you know, find clothing, which is either to express yourself or defend yourself, depending on how you're wearing it, who's seeing you, um, but really to, to express themselves. So, yeah, I just encourage designers and brands, uh, specifically large boxes, to do it authentically, to bring uh, the community into the room, into the table, uh, as the process is happening. So it's done with considerations in mind, with um, solutions in mind, uh, taking into account who's putting the clothing on and listening to their voices and doing it not in a way that's um, been done in the past, which has come across as colorless, shapeless clothing that appeals really to nobody. <laughs> yeah. because it's, this, is, this is about celebration. This is about color and shapes and language and that that's just most traditional designers and boxes aren't accustomed to. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, that's very interesting. And I guess you kind of touched on it briefly around how, how Gen Z is, is quite different to maybe the traditional consumer and they can maybe sniff out when it's a, a marketing campaign rather than that real kind of authenticity. So in the kind of wider retail space, what, what other kind of issues do you see with retailers struggling to engage with Gen Z? What is it about Gen Z that the retailers maybe haven't quite got yet and haven't quite understood? Yeah, I think um, it's it's a couple things. Like w w it's it's when they're being spoken down to, you know, when the campaign yeah. is or the the product is created by people who are not in touch with Gen Z, um, it comes across as traditionally inauthentic. And they, and they care about 
the thing I love about this generation is they care about equality, whether it's racial equality, gender equality, LGBTQ equality. They care about the environment. They care about the, 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 the way that goods are manufactured, where they're manufactured. And I think that the more, the more companies lean into this and are willing to take a stand, the more they'll be rewarded. Um, the fear of losing customers instead of gaining customers is going to have to be a conversation that boardrooms have to have. And the bold brands that lean into this new generation will ultimately be the winners. And the ones that, that are fear losing a customer base will end up losing. Definitely. Yeah. So I think the, the big question for us is, we're in Oxford Street at the moment. When are we going to see the fluid project down in London? And do you have plans to expand it anytime soon? A hundred percent. So it's, it's, a, it's a matter of raising money right now. And, you know, kind of a kind of an interesting, uh, you know, project because people definitely want to invest in tech technology. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a fear of retail because it's people look at it as there's not a lot of retail that's successful, which actually makes it the most exciting time right now, because every time an industry takes a hit, there's an opportunity for new ideas to emerge. I'm not saying we're the only one, but I'm mm-hmm. saying we're a, 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 an idea that's going to emerge that resonates with young people. I think Glossier's done a terrific job at it. Yeah, um, You have resonated with this young generation. I think that there's, there's going to be more brands like Fluid and Glossier that are going to continue to emerge that will be big winners that shake up an industry. Yeah, definitely. And I, th- I think so, that's... So, so, yeah, so I hope to be in London sometime that the, the next location after we you know master our website would be um somewhere probably in the u.s on the west coast mm-hmm. and, and hoping to be overseas in into asia and europe sometime in the next two or three years we'd be excited to have you i think this is a <laughs> definitely a retailer we're really excited about and i guess the social cause and the movement behind it is uh is amazing so well done yeah that, that's that's all universal isn't it it's a yeah. universal message yeah definitely uh, they, the interesting thing about London, too, is it's, I think, our our sixth largest market. Mm-hmm. Um, the U.S. is five, and then London is the sixth largest market for fluid, which is pretty cool. Well, hopefully we'll be seeing you here soon. <laughs> I hope so, <laughs> sooner than later as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and I guess the, the challenge for you, Rob, is uh, obviously, like you said, there's that there's that commonality across the community. But but entering different markets, I guess London might be slightly different to the kind of the East Coast where you are now. And, and how do you tweak that business model when you start looking at, you know, opening stores? I guess that commonality is still there. But but how do you kind of make sure that you adapt to the different cultures to, to remain successful in that in that physical retail space? I think especially in Asia, too, that would be an interesting one to expand yeah. into. Well, that's that's such a great question, and that's one of the things that unintended has been a success for Fluid itself. And that, you know, we have about forty percent of our product is created by us for us, the Fluid product. About thirty percent of the other product is done with major brands um, that you know, like brands like Champion and Levi's and Fila, mm-hmm. yeah. who are continuing to work with us to create gender-free capsules, which is which is great. And more and more brands are coming to us asking to work with us. And then what, what I find especially interesting, about 25 or 30% of our business is done through artists and residents. So in New York City, every Tuesday from 11 to 12, we have an open house for, for designers. And they come in and they showcase their product for, you know, whether it's two weeks or two months that they come in and, and show, showcase their product. And that creates a really exciting 
you know, it's an opportunity, first of all, to pull in new and emerging brands and give them a chance to be on Broadway in Manhattan, um, but also for us to keep our assortment fresh. And so my idea would be that in L.A., 30% of the product comes from L.A., local designers, and same thing with London and Tokyo, and that ultimately what I can begin to do is create a platform for new and emerging designers all over the world to have a, to have a platform and the best, the best gets spread out to the whole world. So it's basically curating and cultivating and, and, and nurturing young and emerging designers and giving them an international platform. That's what I get excited about. Yeah, that's, that's, in, that's intriguing. I guess that's how you gauge that community by that kind of user-generated content. So I guess, would that, would that be the same for the, the kind of digital community? So I guess yourself as for a sure. very active mm-hmm. voice in Fluid, but also that, you know, that user-generated content, I think, would, would be massive for Fluid. Yeah, I mean, my goal is to eventually become the, you know, the platform for all gender non-conforming products so that it just it can exist both on uh, a brand's website, but also under Fluid as well. So it becomes the, the catch-all for all gender non-conforming products. And how do, you, uh, like, how do you wish to recreate that safe space online too? Because, you know, people control, people are more, like, feel like they can say anything online. Um, how, do yeah. you, how do you hope to kind of curate that? Yeah, it's sometimes uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter are some of the most unsafe spaces. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm having conversations right now with some agencies about how to create a safe space, um, which is monitored, um, that people can have conversations and not feel violated. And with a, with a set of rules that exist that are just pretty basic. Um, so that's, that's, that's the next phase is creating that, that environment. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. So, so well. yeah. So hopefully, um, you know, our listeners will will obviously have loved to have heard from you today, Robin. And if they wanted to hear more about yourself and the Fluid Project, is there is there somewhere they can go to to hear the story and, and look at your products? Yeah. So you go to the website. Uh, we have our stories. We have our product. We have ways to invest. We have an opportunity to connect directly with us. We have resources if you have questions uh, per- personally about how you identify. And uh, there's a kind of a catch-all. And I know that our website is a work in progress. Um, everything is a work in progress. When you call yourself a project, you know you're never done. You're just, you're just always working every yeah. day to make something better. So visit us on our website. Most all of our, all of our opportun- all the ways to connect with us, to purchase from us, exist at fluid.com. We ship internationally. And we encourage everyone to, to check it out. And any questions, email me directly at info at fluidproject.com. Amazing. Great Thank stuff. you so much. Yeah, thanks for your time, Rob. We we really do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, hopefully, yeah, head yeah. to the website and, and get in and touch with Rob. Hopefully see and... you here soon. Exactly, yeah. And I and I really appreciate both of your support. You've been terrific from from the beginning and we're we're only a year old and you found us early on and I and identified us and hopefully you'll look back and say, Wow, we called that one right. Yeah. We definitely hope definitely so too. One hundred percent. All right. Have a great day. Take care. You great. too. Thanks, Thank Rob. you. Well, that was, uh, yeah, a pretty informative conversation. What an inspirational chap. Um, what did you think, Georgie? Just very excited now. Uh, I think it would be fantastic if we could get it, get it into Soho, London, be first there on the door. So good times ahead. Yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, I may not be the, the normal target market, but, you know, it's, it's very uh, inspirational to, to listen to a chap like that and, you know, be building something around that community, I think is yeah. intriguing. And 
you know, maybe nowadays if you hear someone isn't really kind of leading with that disruptive tech, you think, oh, no, not not going to be successful. But actually, you know, this this new movement that he's building, it's not a trend. It's something a lot bigger than that. And yeah. he speaks with such passion and such clarity around it. It's uh, it's yeah, it's really I inspiring. Think definitely. The part about creating a safe space is so important in this day and age where people feel free to say whatever they want, no matter if it's like love or hate. I think there's a lot of hate out there. So creating a place where people can go. Uh, feel comfortable, talk to others, buy clothes without any judgment is a big thing and something I think we definitely need on the high street. Absolutely. And 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 the last thing he speaks around there is is that kind of, you know, the, the maybe what you think generically of retail, which is, you know, flogging products, right? I think yeah. he mentioned products once or twice, but, he you know, he sees his mission as a lot more than just that retailer. It's something, yeah. that international community, which, you know, when he talks around designers in each market and that user-generated content, you know, it really sounds like a winning recipe for something that, that could grow internationally. I guess it's just customer experience. Like, we never think about it. I, I've gone with friends who've, who've gone to go to, like, makeup counters, um, but I felt judged doing so. So mm. having that kind of freedom of expression, whether it's through fashion, makeup or your voice, I think that's where Rob's got it bang on. Absolutely. And and and, I, and it's not to say that there's not going to be challenges. I think, you know, mm. you made a really good point around that cybersecurity piece. The last thing he wants is a tabloid headline. If trolls make it into the forum or whatever else that space is, that's that's kind of negates his approach. Right. So there's going to be some challenges along Definitely. the way. Yeah. There's always, you know, the horror stories of pop-ups in the UK and, and and across America as well. So, yes, there'll be challenges, but actually, you know, he seems to have a very clear strategy and vision of what he wants to achieve and, and how he wants to achieve it. So, you know, things like funding and things like that really need to, you know, be strong to enable that. But, you know, we wish him every success. And yep. like you say, let's let's hope we see him in London very soon. So thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. Um, If you want to hear more, please subscribe to our Spotify, Apple or BJSS website um, where you'll hear all the latest in retail. Thank you.